0: You happy to be here this morning, Northridge. I got a word for you this morning. Um, how many of you would say that 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 you're you struggle with relationships just a little bit sometimes? I, I think we all have that in common, right? You know, it, it's and, and the the word has a lot to say about it. So I'm hoping that that the, this uh, message will bring you some hope, will bring you some encouragement, will bring some practicality to your relationships. And, and this is something that everyone in here could take something from, okay? This is something that each and every one of us can learn from. I'll tell you what, I learned a lot while I was studying this week, and it's very challenging and encouraging to me as a as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. So I'm hoping that you're challenged this morning, as well as encouraged, and you leave here changed. Amen? All right. So we we went on a, a vacation, okay? I only take a couple vacations a year, you know, and and... And it's important for me and my family because, because it's a time of refreshment. It's a time of reflection. It's a time where, where, I, where we can be fed, where we can be filled, and, and, and come back here. And I'll tell you what, my heart is full for you guys this morning. I had this word on my heart for a while. But uh, we, we went to North Carolina. And uh, how many of you have been in North Carolina? Right? Up in the woods. Yeah, the mountains. Yeah. So th- this time of year, is the fall, and the leaves are changing colors. And, and um, and it was absolutely beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And and um, I'm I'm not so much one for heights, you know. Neither is my wife. And yeah, they kind of freak out my kids a little bit too. So so we go to this mountain called Grandfather Mountain to go to this bridge. All right, this bridge that goes across. It's like uh, it's like over a mile high, a mile high. So here we are, right at the bridge. Now now to get up this mountain, like I never drove on roads like this before. I mean, it, you know, it's very thin, and you look over, and there's a cliff, and you drop like, you know, 1,000, 2,000 feet, you know? What in the heck? <laughs> so, so we're freaking out while we're going up the mountain. You know, dust is kicking up everywhere. Well, we finally get there, and, and if you see in this picture the, 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 the other side, right? On the other side of this mountain, it, it's not so bad, but, but where we're at here, right? We across the bridge, and where we're at here, up in front of us is another cliff and a, a little bit higher, a little bit higher on the, the higher side of the mountain. Well, you look over, and, and I mean, it's just a straight drop. And there's no fences built into the mountain or anything. You know, it's kind of, kind of freaks you out. And um, so, so Robin said, when we, before we went across the bridge, Robin said, kids, now we are not going over there. Like, we're, we're not going where those people are. See that? We're going to cross the bridge. We're going to stay right there. We're not going to go over by the cliff, right? So we get over to the other side, and Robin, she says, come on, let's go. <laughs> i'm like oh you 're crazy, okay, so we got the kids, and we 're kind of shuttle them over, got their hands you know and and uh it, it was absolutely fun, but one thing that um an observation that I had about being up on the mountain um is that there 's no noise from the city like there's no it, it's it 's just serene it 's peaceful there, there's something there's it, it, you can, you almost feel you almost feel closer to, to god closer to heaven which is theologically incorrect cuz god's omnipresent he's everywhere right but you know it's just that sense of 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 a being where you're like you're you're up on something greater than yourself you know god's created mountain but um but there's no noise around it's it's very peaceful and and th- this is this is what paul does in this letter right that i'm about to bring to you today he he tends to bring some peace to a specific kind of relationship now now you can you, you can be, you know, a, a, a rise above the noise type of person. You know, the, the noisy people are the ones that are down in the city with all the drama. You know, you're looking down off the mountain. You know, there's drama going on down there, right? <laughs> there was some drama going on on top of the mountain too. There's kids screaming all over the place. I'm like, what the heck? Quiet your kid down. They ain't my kids. <laughs> but but uh, we can be a rise above the noise type of people. And um, if you have your Bibles, uh, go to Philemon. Now, Philemon is on my bucket list. How many of y'all got a bucket list you're compiling, right? Some, some things you want to do. Some of y'all want to bungee jump and crazy stuff like that. Y'all are crazy. I would not want to do nothing like that. But uh, Philemon is on my bucket list, right? There's, there's this to preach. There's this guy, too, that um, I, was talking to, I was talking to my wife the other day. Uh, we're on Instagram all the time. And, and there's this guy. His name's Clark Little. Check him out. Clark Little. Clark um, Little. He's on Instagram. He's got some really crazy really crazy videos and, and pictures and stuff. And he's over in Hawaii, and he, he records, like, shore break and surfers and all kinds of stuff. Well, he, he caught this. I was on Instagram yesterday, and, and he caught this, this video of this guy riding, like, a 12-foot shore break. <laughs> like, the water is, like, a couple feet deep, you know. And he, like, rode a tube in, on the surfboard. Like, that is on my bucket list, right? <laughs> She's like, you're crazy. You'll die. you get crushed. Like, well, as long as it's about four feet deep, I'll be fine. I'll probably never do that. But Philemon, I will do today. It's been on my bucket list for a while to preach to you. So I think you're going to enjoy it. So Philemon. Philemon is one, one chapter. Um, and if you would go all the way down to, to verse 8, we're going to start right there. But Philemon, let me give you a little historical context, some background, so you can understand the, the passages that I'm going to bring to you this morning. So Philemon, right, is one of Paul's letters that that he wrote to. Uh, Philemon was was a leader at the church at Colossae, and Colosse is where he wrote the Colossian letter to. Okay, well, the Colossian church met in Philemon's home. So he had this house church, and he is is actually probably pretty big, and he had a house church, and he was a wealthy he was a wealthy man, and um, and so he had he had slaves. And he had this one in particular slave that, that had pro- probably robbed him or stolen something from him and fled, called Onesimus. Turn to your neighbor and say Onesimus. It's a tongue twister. Onesimus, come on, do it. Onesimus. Yep. I've been having a struggle with it all week. Y'all can struggle with it too. Onesimus. Yep. So first century. First century names are interesting. So Onesimus, he, um, what happened was is, is, is when he fled... Who did he run into but Paul? He met Paul. So he fled and, and he ran into Paul. And Paul was in prison. He was in change, and he ran into him. And, and therefore, he, he was converted and became a Christian. So, so there's, this, there's this relational issue between Philemon and Onesimus. Because Onesimus had robbed him. And then he fled. He met Paul. Becomes a believer. Now Paul says, okay, you need to go back to your master. And, and actually, I know your master. He's a great friend of mine. Helped to plant his church in Colossae, and, um, and so he sends him back. So, so you got it? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you got it? All right, so now you can follow me. Follow me through Philemon. All right, so Philemon, we're going to start in verse 8. He says, Paul says, that is why I'm boldly asking a favor. I, he's talking to Philemon, by the way. I could demand in the, name of, in the name of Christ because it's the right thing for you to do. But because of your love, I prefer simply to ask you, Consider this a request from me. Paul, an old man and now a prisoner for the sake of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 10, he says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. Everybody say Onesimus. Yeah, I'm going to drag y'all. Come on. (laughs) Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus had been much use to you in the past, but now he is useful to both of us. He says, I'm sending him back to you. And with him comes my own heart. Okay, so you get this, right? He ran into Paul, he's converted to a believer. He says, you know what, he, 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 he's useful to both of us now, right? So I'm sending him back to you. He says, I wanted to keep him here with me for a while on these chains for preaching the good news. And it, that would have helped me on your behalf, but, it didn't, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to help because we were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost on this mess for a little while so he could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. Verse 17. So he says, if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. He says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I'll repay it, and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. So not everyone like Paul is Christ-like. Not everyone like, like Paul is pretty Christ-like. And, and um, you know, we, we, we sometimes carry around animosity. Paul is, is charging Philemon, he's charging Philemon to, to enter into a, a relational form of forgiveness towards Onesimus because he had wronged him. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we kick up drama when people hurt us, when people do things to us. Imagine some of y'all, are like, I've been robbed before. Like, yeah, how did it feel? You know? You, you feel like, I'm like, gonna oh, kill that sucker, right? You know, if I get my hands on him, right? And, um, and, and, and we, we form this animosity towards people. I, I, you know, internet, right? Internet. We, um, some, I've seen some people rename their routers based on their animosity towards their neighbors. Have y'all seen this before? Y'all be, a, you know, you <laughs> go downtown, right? Here's one right here. I got some, some examples for you, right? So, you know, you go, on, you go to find a network, and you can select a network here. So, you know, if, if you're close to your neighbor, right, and, and you can read, like, you know, three or four houses down, right? So here's one. Here's an example right here. It says, uh, FYI, um, oh, I'm sorry. He says, quit stealing my paper, And his neighbor probably says, FYI, I don't read it, I just throw it away, right? (laughs) It's like, you know, you're trashy, man. Like, pick up your paper, you know? You're just stacking up papers all over. How about another one, right? (laughs) Buy another cup, you cheapskate, right? You know, like, people It's probably, like, at Starbucks or some coffee shop, you know, they're soaking up the internet, they're soaking up the internet, and they're like, you know, hey, buy another cup, man. You've been here for, like, four hours. How about this one? (laughs) This one's great. It says, um, your music is annoying. He says, "Your grammar is more annoying." You okay. take a grammar class. Y'all catch that, right? How about this one? This one's great. FBI surveillance van. How about you pick up on that one? You're gonna be like, "Oh man, you know, no drug dealers in that area." How about this one? It hurts when I pee. Oh man. Like, thanks for the information, but we didn't need to know that. You got a personal problem. Yeah. How many of y'all seen that animosity towards your neighbors? Yeah, funny, right? But that's what happens. Like, you know, people, people form this, this, this unforgiveness, this sense of, like, hostility towards, towards people that wrong them. And, and as Christians, we're called to be different. And that's what Paul writes this letter. He, he writes this letter to Philemon, charging him, hey, forgive your slave, because guess what? He's now a brother. And also, as a Christian, you should do that And forgive and forget and keep moving on and restore your brother. I know all of us in this room have some relationships that could be better, that could be restored, that we could offer forgiveness or even ask for forgiveness. Am I touching on something this morning? I know I am because I feel it in my own life. There's two types of people in the world. You could be a race and noise type of person. A raise and noise type of person is a, is, a, is, a, is a drama person, a drama king, a drama queen. You know, you're causing drama. You know, someone wrongs you, and you, and, and, and you take it to the next level. You make them look bad, you know. A, a raise and noise type of person celebrates, celebrates your failures. They, they're, they enjoy conflict. But as Christians, we don't want to be a raise and noise type of person. We want to be a rise, rise above the noise type of person. Turn to your neighbor and say, rise above the noise. Come on, rise above the noise. A rise above the noise type of person invests in others. They invest in others. They celebrate victories with others. They're a peacemaker. They're one that forgives. They're one that restores. They're one that looks for openings and conversations with their friends so they can speak the gospel of Jesus Christ and the truth into their lives. And this is what we need to be, a, a rise above the noise type of people. See, here's the situation here. Onesimus had Rob Philemon and ran away. He ran away. Now, now, let me give you a little bit of, of, of context with this, okay? So, let me give you, Onesimus was a slave, all right? So, in the Roman Empire, there was, there was over 60 million slaves at that time. It was very common. It was a very common thing. Um, the average slave cost about 500 denarii, okay? Now, now one denarii was, was worth one year's, I mean, one day's wage, okay? One day's wage for a common laborer. Now, some some of the better slaves, you know, they were sold for as much as fifty thousand denarii. Okay, so so you have these slaves; so they're they're actually worth a lot. They're worth something, you know. Um, and, and and you look at you look at slavery and forms of slavery today, and yeah, we want to fight injustice, but and you wonder why did why didn't Paul speak against slavery right here? Well, well, I, I think it was I think it was God, and I think it was. You know, Paul didn't condemn slavery, but he he regulated it. You know, think about if if the early Christians began a crusade against slavery and injustice, what would have happened to their message? Number one, they would have been crushed by the opposition because slavery was so prevalent. And yeah, the Holy Spirit and and, and God could have, you know, crushed it and done his thing, but but there was something more important. And I saw this in the text, and I want to bring this to you today. Yeah, we want to fight injustice. We want to fight against things and and racism and, and all that and slavery but you know what the 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 thing we can fight it from 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 ground level but you know what we got to fight it from top down because it's the gospel that can transform it's only the message of christ that can transform people that can transform injustice that could transform racism because it's a heart issue it's not a practice it's not it's not something that 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 it's just just practice we can change people's practices we got to change people's hearts if we could change people's hearts as a church, as a global church across the world, we could change things like slavery. But Paul didn't speak up against it. You know, during the American Civil War, both sides used the same Bible, the same scriptures, to prove their, their case for or against slavery. You know, that ended up... If the slave ran away, the law stated, actually, that the owner could execute their slave. So this is the situation that Onesimus is in. He's in a situation where he could be executed. So number one, he had robbed Philemon. The scholars suggest that he had robbed him. It doesn't say in Philemon what he actually did, but they, they suggest that he robbed him. He probably took some things, stole some things, personal property, we don't know, money. But, um, so so he, could be, he could be executed. So he ran, met Paul. How many of y'all know that, that God's goodness can overcome evil? Amen? Look what happened. What, what, what the enemy meant for bad, God turned for good. You, you see that here? You see that here? Onesimus ran, was, was wasting away his life, and God said, hold on, Onesimus. Turn him around with some love. Let me pull you over here to Paul. Come meet Paul. Wow, look at that. God's sovereignty. Hooked him up with Paul. Oh, man. Changed his whole world. Paul gave him the message of Christ. said, hey, man, you robbed somebody? Don't worry about it because you know what? Christ died for that. All you got to do is go to Jesus, a sinless person that, 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 that put himself in your place, and you got to embrace that. You can be transformed because, you know what? Christ died, but he also rose again. The power of the resurrection can set you free. Holy Spirit can live in you, and you can have the power not to rob anybody again, not to do those things, and to even go back with boldness and ask for forgiveness. And that's what Paul charged him to do. He charged Philemon to forgive him. Because, see, that's what Jesus ultimately did. Look at what Jesus did. He did the same thing. Paul's charging Philemon, hey, you know, you got this guy that wronged you. Forgive him. Forgive him. That's what we should do as Christians. We should forgive. Because why? Because ultimately Jesus did it for you, right? I mean, isn't that what he did on the cross? How much more should we do that for others that wrong us? Because you know what? We all have the hereditary form of of sin that has welled up in us from the beginning. You know, we all got it. We're all opposed to Christ until we come to him and embrace a relationship with Jesus because of God. And then we're restored with his righteousness. Do you see that? Do you see what's happening here? It's reflecting the work of Christ, what Paul's doing here. Philippians says in chapter 2, verse 5, Paul says this to the Philippian church. I love this. He says, In your relationships with one one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." He says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that name and the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall acknowledge that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And everybody said, amen to that, right? That's right. See, here's the deal. It's like the bank concept, okay? It's like the bank concept. You know, you, you, you go to the bank, and and you can withdraw an amount, and you can use it for the things you need to use it for. Everybody's like, yeah, I pay my bills with all that. Tired of doing that. I need some extra money, right? Yeah. So you can withdraw an amount, or or you can deposit, you know. Some of you have direct deposits set up, or you, or, you know, you get a paycheck, and you go deposit the amount. So the same is true. This concept works its way in relationships also. So, you know, the, the people that you have influence around, you know, your, your children, your parents, your your grandparents, your coworkers, your neighbors, whoever is around you in your relational sphere, right? You have this concept readily available to you. Whereas you can, you can withdraw from, from people, not like withdraw, like go away. I mean, you can withdraw, you can like suck them dry, you can be needy, you can like be taking, you can take, you know, ask, can I borrow this, can I do this and I give it back? You know, you can be a taker, you follow me? You can be a taker, so you're withdrawing relationally from people. Okay. So and, and 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 that's okay to a degree, but you got to find a balance here, right? Because you could be a depositor, right? You want to deposit good things into the lives of people also. So, if you if you're withdrawing, how many know with the bank account, you need to be depositing too or it's going to end up upside down. Amen. Yeah. So so the same thing is true in relationships. You got to be you can withdraw but you need to be depositing. So you need to be investing in the lives of people around you. You need to be encouraging. You need to be uplifting. Yeah, you can bring authenticity and reality into situations that might be negative, but you know what? You need to make a deposit in people's lives also. You know, you ever wonder why people walk away from you and don't talk to you anymore? It might be because you're withdrawing too much from them relationally. You ever wonder, you ever notice that certain people want to be around you more? The ones that you encourage, the ones that you uplift, the ones that you speak life into? You're depositing into them. People want to be around you when you make deposits into their lives. So I ask you, who are you depositing into? Who are you withdrawing from? Is there a balance? Do you need to fix the negative balance? I want to take you back to something I found in this text here. Paul has a play on words, and he does this from time to time. And you got to dig really hard and look around to find it. But I found this in here. Paul's play on words, right? So he says, he says here in verse 11, he says, Formerly, he was useless to you. Okay, He's talking about Onesimus. He's talking to Philemon. He says, Formerly, Onesimus was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. Well, here's the play on words. Uh, Onesimus, his name actually means profitable or useful. Profitable. Useful. Now, here's the play on words. He says, formerly Philemon was living up to his name. He was, you know, I, I mean, he was not living up to his name. He was useless. But now he's useful, right? He's profitable. He's living up to his name and who he's called, right? But see, Philemon, Philemon means, hold on. I'll tell you what Philemon means in a minute. How many of y'all want to know what Philemon means? If I tell you what Philemon means, it's going to take this whole thing to another level. You know that, right? But see, okay, Onesimus. <laughs> Onesimus, right? He's useless, right? Because he robbed him. And he's gone, and he can't do his duties because he's a slave, right? So he's totally gone out of Philemon's life. He's useless. So, so, so Paul says he, he, he could be useful to both of us now. So Philemon, it means, turn to your name and say, say, tell me what Philemon means. Come on, tell me what Philemon means. Philemon means one who is kind. You get it? No, okay. Look, Philemon, one who is kind, right? So what Paul's saying here, he's saying, look, uh, Onesimus, like, he's not living up to his name. But you know what? He's restored as a brother in Christ now, and he can be useful to you and live up to his name. So Philemon, your name means what? Philemon. Oh, one who is kind. So Philemon, as Paul is saying, you need to be kind to your slave Onesimus and restore him back as a brother in Christ. So he's challenging him. Y'all see that there? He's it's a play on words. He's challenging him. He's saying, hey, you know, you gotta do, you, you gotta do the Christ-like thing, Philemon. Now, now Philemon, right, he was in a, in a predicament. He was in a dilemma here because, you know, Philemon is a wealthy man. And, you know, he's, he's got a house church and he's got Christians around him. He's, he's, a, he's like a church planter and Colossae, right? Okay, now, now, now he's got all these people watching him, all these Christians watching him. What is Philemon going to do? What is Philemon going to do? Because he gets this letter back, Onesimus and Tychicus. Everybody say Tychicus. Yeah, that's the other guy's name. If You're looking for baby names. There you go. So Tychicus, um, they, they brought this letter back to Philemon, right? And they also, they also brought, brought back a couple other letters, like Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. That was another letter that was circulating that went back with Onesimus, this guy, and Tychicus. They brought it back and it circulated around one of Paul's letters that he wrote from Rome. Pretty cool, right? I thought it was cool. I'm the book nerd. That's all right. So, so Paul, he's challenging him. He's challenging him. You know it's interesting here because what Paul was essentially doing was he was investing in both of these guys, not just onisimus but he was investing in Philemon. Now, like I said, Philemon was in a predicament here. He was he was he was having a dilemma because his his church was watching him, but so was the rest of the world. And I'm saying was is Philemon gonna 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 really do what Paul said and like you know restore this? This slave that totally wronged him and robbed him and took off, and the church is like, yeah, I hope he does, you know. But the rest of the world is saying, man, if he does that, what does this mean for the rest of our slaves? Our slaves are going to buck, man. They're going to rob us. They're going to, you know, they, they they can they can now have the propensity to take off and flee. And if onisimus you know, so onisimus was thinking, what are both sides going to think of me? I mean, put yourself in his shoes. Naturally, as humans, we we think of, we think of that. We we wonder what do people think of us not so much a good thing, it just happens. You know, we want to serve God. God's the only one that we need to, we need to serve and wonder what he's thinking, right? I can think of a person that invested very heavily in me. When when, um, when I got clean from, from drugs, drug addiction, and, um, and I knew that God wanted me to go into ministry, I'm like, God, how in the Heck, and I'm telling, I'm talking to God like this, God. How in the world am I going to do ministry? And you want me to be a pastor and start a church? I, I don't understand this. I got I, you know, I've been to prison, been to jail. Yeah, your pastor's been to prison. <laughs> Sorry for the news, guys. But you know, Google my name and see what comes up. I might get scared. Uh, but praise be to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is powerful in me, right? And because of my past, I'm a new person now because of Christ. Amen. And, and, and so are many of you. And, and if you're here today and you're wondering how that works, the same the same power is available to you through Christ. But here, back back to this. You know, there's a there's a person that invested very heavily in me when I was when I, I thought, you know what? I, I need to I, I need a mentor. I need a mentor who's way farther along than me. Who's a who's a got a. You know, a, a decent sized church and been doing this thing and I, I need to learn and God put in my heart to just go around start asking local pastors around and, and a lot of them are like yeah sure man I'll call you about that <laughs> yeah they didn't call me nothing <laughs> you are like that guy there what's he trying to do <laughs> he's an he's a ex-con well one guy I went and asked and had a meeting with he invited me to lunch right away to talk about it and I said, you know, hey, I feel called to ministry. I don't know how this works out. I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm, you know, I, got, I just laid it out. Hey, I got this past. you know. <laughs> I've been in a lot of trouble with the law, but I'm clean now. I'm doing good. I'm on the right track. I feel like everything's changed, and I, I, I need your help. Will you mentor me? Will you show me the ways of ministry? Will you, will you, will you, will you, can I come beside you and learn from you? And he didn't even ask any questions. He said, yeah, when do you want to start? <laughs> I'm like, what? blew me away. But a guy that invested on me early on changed the whole direction of my life, was a, was a, a transformational figure in my life because he said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to risk, I'm, I'm going to risk, you know, this, this guy's got a rapture, he might rob my church. <laughs> Not like I would do that, but you know, imagine what he was thinking. And he took a risk and said, you know what, I'm going to let this guy come under my wing, I'm going to teach him something because that's what I should do for Christ. And that was his frame of mind. That guy made a big, huge impact on my life. Thank him for that uh, greatly. But that's what Paul is doing here. He's investing. Paul also says to Timothy, who is another church planter of a big, huge movement across the the world at that time. And um, 2 Timothy verse 1, Paul says this. He says, for this reason I remind you, he's talking to Timothy, he says, I remind you to flam into the into flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on hands. Now, now see, each and every one of us, we have, you have the Holy Spirit if you're saved and born again and and are you raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places. You have a flame inside you. It's got just got to be ignited. It's got to be fanned. And if you're here this morning and 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 you're not believing in Jesus and you you don't understand this church thing, that's okay. God can ignite a fire in you for purpose. He can do it now. Think to yourself and and, and say, yeah, who who am I who am I fanning into flame? Who who is in my life right now relationally that I can invest in? And and I want to invite you to do so. I'm going to keep preaching at you, so I'm not done preaching. Okay, but um, we have these cards here. I'm going to ask the ushers to pass these out in a minute. Um, we have these cards called Rise Above the Noise cards. And I want you to think for just a moment. If, if you can think of someone that you can invest in, whether it be your children, your parents, your grandparents, your coworker, your boss, your neighbor, anybody around you. I don't know who it is. Somebody, there, there's people around you because you don't just live in a hole somewhere and never come out. You're at church this morning. I see you. you got, you're around people, okay? So there's people. And this card says this. It says, You can rise above the noise and invest in people to help ignite a passion for Jesus. It says, ask yourself, with whom will I invest myself relationally? And then it says, prayerfully ask, God, there are people in my path I can influence. Who are you calling me me to invest in for Christ? Now, it has four little blanks there. If you can only think of one, fill out one. If you can think of all four, fill out four. If you can think of ten of them, use the back or something, okay? Okay. this is a commitment card, but you're not going to turn this in. You're going to keep this as a reminder. I want you to put this in your Bible. I want you to put this in your dashboard. I want you to you know, put this wherever you frequent. Um, if you want one of these cards right now, just raise your hand. The usher's going to pass them around. They're going to pass them around. But I want to invite you um, just for a moment, and I'm not done here, just for a moment to, to reflect as the, as the worship team plays in the background. Um, Just reflect for just a moment. Just ask yourself, who can I invest in relationally? And then just take a moment, bow your head, close your eyes, look to the ceiling, stare in space, I don't know what, do whatever you do, and just ask the Lord, God, show me a couple people. And there's pens laying around. If you don't have a pen, if you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. But prayerfully ask. I'm just going to be silent for a few moments. And I just want you to ask yourself, Who can I invest in? Who can I maybe restore relationally? Ask yourself, who can I make a difference in their life? Who? who? And just write their name down. Just take a moment now and do that. God's calling you to touch someone. And what the enemy will tell you right now is that you're not good enough to touch anyone's life. The enemy will tell you, "You, you're you're broken. You're you're not perfect. You're not a good Christian. You can't. How are you going to influence someone for Christ? But that's the beauty of it, is that you know what? We're all broken. We all got issues. We all have problems. And therefore, we can all touch each other's lives. Everyone can learn something from somebody. Everyone can touch someone. We're never going to be perfected until we reach a, the heavenly places when Christ comes back and, and renews us and gives us new bodies, and, 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 and then we're with him and dwelling among him. Otherwise, we have to continually go back to Christ for forgiveness of our sin, and we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all imperfect. But I guarantee you, you can touch someone. You have an experience that can touch someone. You have a testimony that can touch someone. If you fill out that card, just hold it in the air. Just hold it in the air. Hold it in there. I'm going to pray over these cards right now. I invite you just to bow your head and close your eyes as I pray. Then I'm gonna, i got a couple more things to, to bring at you. Lord, we just come to you now, and, and these cards that are raised in the air right now, they have specific names on them, Lord. I pray that you would just just use the, the people that have wrote these names on these cards to, to touch their lives. God, just bring forth opportunity in their lives. Lord Jesus, just bring forth um, bring forth your presence in such a powerful way that, that you can begin to work relationally, Lord. Take our sacrifice, take our hearts, Lord, and just make them what you want them. And everybody said, amen, amen. You know, this concept of, of Onesimus returning home is, is so relevant to us because, you know what, we had wandered far away, did we not, from God? I mean, we, we frequently sometimes even wander. But initially, before we came to Christ, we were, we were all onisimuses. Martin Luther said that, great reformer. He said, we're all onisimuses. We all are. We, we have all wandered from God, and we need to be restored to Him. Are you going to be a raise the noise type of person? Are you going to be a rise above the noise type of person? Those names that you wrote down, think about what you could do next to move forward there. You know, it's great that Paul encouraged Philemon to restore his brother, his slave. But you know what? Paul's not the hero here. It's Jesus. Jesus is the hero here because, you know, Paul's the one who who was restored by Jesus himself. Remember, Paul was on his way to kill Christians. He was on the road to Damascus and Jesus shone a light on him and said, Paul, it's me. What are you doing? You're persecuting me, my son. Uh, uh, no, let do this another way. Come with me. Be restored. Look, here, here, here's what I did for you. What, these people that are, are, are witness to my account really saw what they saw. I died for the sin of the world. I died for those that had chosen to come to me. And you're one of them, Paul. And Jesus said that to him. And Paul felt the love of Christ. And so therefore, Paul's ministry, his whole life was fueled from the love of Christ. And therefore, our, our, our whole lives should be fueled from the love of Christ because, because God came and, and rescued us, did He not? He came and rescued us with Christ on the cross, sinless person, went to the cross and died, traded places with us. And, and, and some of you are thinking, yeah, but I'm messed up. Exactly, that's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is we are messed up and we need Jesus Christ to redeem us from our mess. I was in a heap of a mess, a whole bunch of messes throughout my life. And Jesus came after me and blew my whole mind. What in the world is happening? That's the beauty of it. Look, look at look at Jesus in his life. He goes after a tax collector. You know the book of Matthew? That guy was a tax collector, wrote a book of the Bible. This guy was this guy was ostracized from, from the whole community. You know, there was a, a Roman empire going around then and and they were collecting taxes, but they didn't have Romans going and collecting the taxes. They had, the, the, they had people from their own community going and collecting taxes. So this guy, Matthew, was a Jew, and, and he went and collected taxes from other Jews. Now look at what happened to Matthew, right? Here's how it worked. The government would say, hey, give us you know, a certain percentage of, of, of income from all these people. And then and then, and then the tax collectors would tack on another percentage. So if they, if they got 25% from a, a household, they would tack on another 25% and charge 50% of their income for taxes. And they, Matthew was hated, is all I'm saying. He was hated. People hated him. He felt like a loser, but he was probably pretty wealthy. Jesus went after that guy and said, Hey, man, come and follow me. <laughs> Let me show you a different way to live. Changed his whole life. Changed his whole life. Jesus goes after outcast and marginalized people. He goes after us. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, but I'm, I'm good. I, I haven't been that way. I've done a lot of good things. Well, that's great, but you can't earn God's righteousness. You still have something in your heart that's opposed to him. And that might be the very thing that's opposed to him, that you're trying to earn God's favor when you can't earn it because Christ already did it for you. There's beauty in that too, Amen. God made a deposit in your life. made a deposit in my life with Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Come on, stand to your feet and say, it's all about Jesus. Stand to your feet and say, it's all about Jesus. One more time. Come on, say, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. He can change you. He can transform you. He can renew your mind. He can put goodness and purpose in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit to live inside you, change your whole world, ignite a purpose inside you. It's interesting what happened here is we don't really know what happened, but this book of the Bible made it to to the Bible. And that goes to suggest that Philemon probably did restore his brother. I'm sure he did. Paul charged him to. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes if, if you know God God wants to restore you to himself if you're here this morning and you need to be restored to God through Christ I want to give you the opportunity to say that was me I, I need forgiveness because of Jesus and if you need forgiveness you can get it through Christ going to the cross and rising from the dead he rose And that shows that he has power over sin and death. The very thing that has caused a mess in your life can become a beautiful thing in your life because of his power that that has raised Christ from the dead. If you're feeling that this morning, you just want to make a commitment to say, I want to be a Jesus follower. I don't know what it means, but I want to follow Jesus. I I want to be forgiven and made new. I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity this morning. I want you to repeat after me and say a prayer. Not that a prayer saves you, but it's a starting point where you can make a commitment. And if that's you, you just say, God, I think I need you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that He rose from the grave to give me life and transform me, help me to understand Your love. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to pop up your hand and say, you know what, that was me. Just say, you know, that was me. I, I made, a, I made a, a commitment this morning. Are you ready? One, God loves you. Two, Jesus saves. And three, he wants to show you his love. Come on, raise your hands this morning. Amen. 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 Put your hands down. Amen. Come on, lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. To, and let's worship together. Come on, give God a shout. Give those a, that, that made a commitment, a, a hand clap. Amen.